The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is proudly presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS and brought to you by Body Bio. Get 20% off any Body Bio order. It's anything. You could order $1,000 of Body Bio stuff. Get 20% off with code FIRECJ. Mortgage CS, become a Mortgage CS Ricky VIP by going to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky, where you can get 20, no, I'm just kidding. Not 20% off your mortgage. And Kinetic Skateboarding, get 9.1% off your first order with code Dave Silver. On the show today, Bradley Beal looks like he's going to get traded. And Bill Simmons says that he's going to end up on the Sixers. Speaking of Bill Simmons, in just one of the most most insufferable podcast appearances of all time that I was forced to fucking listen to for this show, Doc Rivers goes on Bill's podcast and speaks some bullshit and some truth. I have a firmer stance I would like to announce regarding James Harden and the Nuggets win the title and the Sixers hire two assistant coaches and it's B-Ball Paul's 24th birthday. Happy birthday, B-Ball Paul. Kinetic skateboarding, I was noticing on Twitter today, the sneaker announcements. There are sneakers. You can get a Kinetic that you can't get anywhere else. This happens because they use cool shops like Kinetic Nike does, Vans does, Converse does, to sort of sometimes to try out shoes first. So you get them there before anywhere else or the low run, like the, the more rare ones go to Kinetic. I suggest following Kinetic Skate on Twitter, Kinetic Skateboarding on Instagram, because that's where you see the announcements, whether they're doing a sale, raffle or whatever. And while you're there at KineticSkateboarding.com, your summer gear, t-shirts, shorts, sneakers, all that kind of stuff. If you happen to skateboard, that's great too. If you're old like me, you know you can't skate. You just poser, buy the gear. Kinetic Skateboarding, use code Dave Silver for 9.1% off your first order. Without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Welcome to the Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who has waived his full no trade clause in the hopes that please someone trade for him. That is Mike Levin. Anybody. Anybody at all. We will get to the Bradley Beal rumors. A lot of Bradley Beal rumors. You can't, you can't, you can't make me start on the dock. I kind of wanted you to. Can't, you have right. to. No, I, you got to ease me in. You can't just fucking raw dog me with goddamn Doc on Bill Simmons interview right now at the top. I, you so got to fucking give me a treat so I can then take my medicine. Okay. So we're going to start with Beal or we're going to start with Beal, 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 report. Beal, okay. Beal, 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 Beal. Okay. So before the reports came out today, uh, this was on the Bill Simmons podcast. 
My first pick is Bradley Beal. Still Bill. By the way, yes, exactly. <laughs> you got me anyway. Yeah, yeah. I fucking picked, I picked door number two, and guess what? It's the same as fucking door number one. He, they were talking about off-season storylines. I don't know. It was like an hour 20 into the podcast, but it's him and Rosillo. I think I, wingers... I, I, I want to be clear here, by the way. This is... It's about two minutes, but it is edited. Like, I took a whole Celtic section out. Like, it, it's edited for length, not for content. The content is the same, but there are things in there that they discuss that are not in this clip. Could edit it down first, all the way to nothing. Bradley Beal. <laughs> I think Winger is going to go into this wizard job and he's already had some interesting quotes. I don't think he wants to go 38 and 44 or 41 and 41 or 42 and 40 or 39 and 43 for the next five years. I think he wants a real plan and it feels a little blow it uppy to me. And I think that's actually what they should do. They have the seventh pick. They have some assets. I don't, if your big three is Porzingis and Beal and Kyle Kuzma, I hate to break it to you, but there's not going to be a lot of long postseason runs in your future. And I think Bradley Beal, even though he has a no trade clause, he's going to be traded this summer. Man, it sounds like somebody's been doing some chatting on the phone. Uh, Man, we almost could have led the pod with this because now there's two directions we could go with Beal. Close to Jason Tatum. It's the Beal Jalen Brown rumor has always been the rumor, but I don't know why you would trade Jalen Brown because I, the new I wouldn't CBA trade is I wouldn't trade Jalen for Beal. But my guess, my bet, the odds on favorite, I would put the minus 200 would be Philadelphia. My odds on favorite is Philadelphia and I don't even think it's close. Beal, Beal and Embiid, they're friends. Embiid was trying to get him two years ago, which I kept telling people on this podcast, they ended up going with Harden instead. Embiid was pushing hard for Beal. Harden's going to leave. There's a lot of ways to go. And if you're Washington, um, and you and I have, we've had some uh, off podcast arguments about what Beal's value actually is. But for the money that he's making, where it goes into the 50s pretty quickly, I just don't, I don't think that's an asset in the second apron NBA. I don't see it. But if you're Philly and you're going to lose Harden, and now I have the shooter, that's probably a better fit with Embiid anyway. And I have Tobias Harris and an expiring contract. A couple future draft picks I could probably throw that I could probably find in my in my pocket somewhere. And if you're Washington, it's like you know what we got out of the Bill contract. We have Harris as an expiring, and uh, and we're rebooting everything. So then, are you sure you edited that for length? Are you yeah. positive that you did? Positive. Well, if to be clear, when I edited it and when this was when this came out, the reports today were not as in-depth as they were. Like that was a, a lot of the reporting today actually mimicked what Bill said there. So then Woj says that, of course, I love that everyone's agent is in the reports now and the agency. ESPN sources as rivals begin to we- reach out to the Wizards to explore the possibility of trading for our all-star guard Bradley Beal. President Michael Winger and Beal's agent Mark Bartlestein of Priority Sports are staying close in contact to discuss scenarios presented to the franchise. Ryan Windhorst on ESPN said that people are going to be surprised at the price and potentially how low it's going to be because his quote contract is not attractive. He does have the only full no trade clause in the NBA, which is pretty hilarious. And it is a giant contract. It's a huge contract. It's a huge contract. Um, I have my first question to you is yeah let's talk there's a lot to discuss with a lot with this to rumor. discuss here. and probably we should have talked about it as a possibility right when the wizards got a new front office right but 
it's a long off season. So. Long off season. We're going to space it out. Yeah. One episode so, is just going to be me sitting silently as the Bill Simmons podcast plays. <laughs> That'd be a great bit. Don't give me any ideas. So, I mean, today's pod is almost that. To be, I, I am fully aware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the... And it was funny when the, uh, well, I'll, I'll set, tell that story when the doc one comes out. So, okay, the first thing is, are we sure it is Beal instead of Harden or is there a world in which it is Beal and Harden? Ugh. And is that Beal, Harden, and Embiid the most talent and loser energy combination ever in the history of I, the NBA? I think that would be, I, uh, I don't think. I don't think so. Okay. And maybe there's a possibility and maybe that's worth talking about, but I, that seems like such a, um, you know, game, game theory, yes. uh, play this out several chess pieces down the road okay. situation. But let's assume that it's, should the Sixers, if Harden is to walk, should the Sixers trade Tobias and something they can trade one first round pick. They can trade up to three swaps. They can't trade the first round pick per Sixers Adam until the league year starts. So, yeah, but you could always do the thing in the. Yeah, they they can trade. Well, I mean, league year is next week, but um, right. yeah. So so you can once once that happens, you could the trade can be agreed to in principle, and they won't actually file the paperwork until then. You can offer more trades, but I because of how bad I wouldn't because of how large Beal's contract is. Um, he has a $57 million player option, which would be in his 33, age 33 season. Which, by the way, is younger than James Harden. Right. And I think that's important to to note. <laughs> yeah, he's 29 um, now, Beal. I, I would like to he say... He turns 30 in like two weeks. Yeah. I would like to say that I think somehow... First of all, I don't think that trade that everyone's talking about gets Bradley Beal because there will be somebody who'll be willing to throw two first-round picks or two picks in a swap or something like that, whether it's the Knicks or the Lakers. I don't know what the Lakers can trade, something. Somehow in this conversation, Bradley Beal, I think, has gotten a little underrated. Well, that's the, that's the, that's the interesting part. Is And I think Beal's an interesting case. Um, and over the last 10, 15 years, one of the things that I'm, I've always been the most interested in is guys that are the best players on their team but are clearly not good enough to be the, best, the, to, the top of the top 10, 15 best players in the league. Although there was a, there was a time maybe a few years ago when Beal was like scraping the surface of the, of the top 15 or whatever. Yeah, when he was um, scoring like 32 points a game. Yeah. How how are those guys valued? And then you get into this part of their into their life when they're like, you know, late 20s, early 30s. They're being paid a full max contract. Mm -hmm. And it becomes okay, yeah, that's definitely an overpay, but he still is good. And then that's the like middle ground of like generally I avoid these kinds of players. Or, you know, the six part of the Sixers trading for Tobias when he was an expiring contract, knowing that you had to sign him to a big fat deal was a mistake in a similar way to the the Wizards holding on to Beal, signing them to him to this big fat contract, and then going like immediately after we sign this player, they are now like one of the worst contracts in the league. 
Tobias was, Beal is, you know, John Wall, Tyler Hero, maybe Jordan Poole, maybe like guys that you're like, that's a lot of money for that guy. All of a sudden, immediately after it's like the, the conversation of, do we let this guy walk and he, and we get nothing or do right. we sign him overpay to, him. Oh, do we basically overpay him for not one of the top 10, 15 players in the league, even though Brad Beal is certainly being paid like he is. And, and by the way, uh, I'm not saying that the, your goal is to have a player that is paid a lot more than he's worth, but there are players, there are teams in the NBA that win championships with players on them that happen to fit what they need at the time who they paid or had to pay or whatever. It doesn't make it, you have to be better than Tobias Harris is, I think. But I, I think there's a world in which a player with an outsized contract can provide enough value to a specific team at a specific time to make them worth it, even though, even if we're talking about, you know, dollars to dollars are not worth that much. Yeah, right? we're, we're talking about, we're leading with the contract, which is kind of a bummer, but generally how things go these days because it's fun to pretend we're GMs. Um, and, and think about like what you need to trade for and how you can assemble your team and all that stuff. We'll talk about the player in a second. But as a contract, the other thing to con- that you're concerned about is the Sixers are going to have to pay Tyrese Maxey a lot of money mm-hmm. pretty soon. Um, and with the new salary cap rules and the restrictions that would come with the Sixers were they to cross the second apron, if there's the Embiid contract, which is huge, the Maxey contract, which will be, will be big, but not as big as obviously Beals or Embiid's, um, it's, you start to get, how are we going to fill this team out? Um, if we're already paying so much money to those other guys. Uh, so that's a concern. Money is concerned. It's a lot of money for a guy, uh, it's hurt a lot. Who's hurt a lot also into his, you know, 57 million when he's 33 is, is a, is a fuckload of money. Who knows about the new TV deal at that point? There's a lot of like speculating and stuff, but it's, it's a lot of money for a lot of years for a guy that let's talk about the player. Hasn't been that good the last couple of years. Um, he's obviously not bad. He's carrying a large load for uh, the wizard, a bad Wizards team. And the bet that you're making basically is if you were to acquire him, if you're making the case to acquire Brad Beal, is the last two years when the Wizards have been relatively pointless, um, is he just coasting and there's more in the tank? Or has he gotten worse, significantly worse as his body has deteriorated a little bit? I mentioned to you earlier, I feel like I haven't truly watched Brad Beal in two years, to be honest with you. Like we've seen him play, but the team has been so irrelevant and his, his, like his appearances in the games <laughs> between injury and health and safety protocols, I feel like. he's not playing or whatever it is he did shoot 50 percent and 36 percent from three he does have a i do believe in him as a shooter regardless of his shooting percentage he's got a pretty shot he's a good shooter yeah pretty shot good shooter movement shooter has uh capes ability off the dribble um up it's a really tough shot maker and on a bad team he has had to take and make difficult shots so you look at his first six years in the league after he was drafted. I think he was drafted third overall uh, out of Florida. His first six years in the league, he is the number two to John Wall, who is still at that point very, very good. That was a fun team. A very fun team. They never yeah. quite had a, enough right pieces around around them. But when when John Wall was orchestrating everything and Brad Beal was doing more 
shooting off the catch, shooting off movement, less onus on him to do everything. Hate onus. First six years in the league, he shot 39.3% from three. He averaged just 3.6 assists per game for a 16.6% assist rate and a usage rate of 25. That's the first six years in the league. His last five years, basically when John Wall got hurt and wasn't around and then got traded and blah, blah, blah. Last five years in the league, down from 39.3 to 34.7% from three. His assist rate has gone up significantly. Now he averages 5.6 assists per game in those in the time. And his usage rate is 31%. He's a worse. He, he's not a number one guy. He is a number two guy that has on a bad team had to do number one guy stuff. Can I ask you? Can Let me one, one more Chris, thing. Okay. One right. more thing. Let go, me think. Go, 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 go. Sorry. But the, the free throws per game, in addition to all the responsibilities, went from 3.7 per game in those first six years to now 6.2 per game in the last five years. I, the optimistic, the case for Bradley Beal on the Sixers would be he can do some creation, some run the offense through me, but also when Embiid or Maxi is out there, he can get a lot of those movement shooting. He's a pretty good cutter uh, when he when he's allowed to work off ball. Um, so you can combine the the optimistic cases. You can combine the best versions of those shooting in the high thirties on volume, creating, getting to the rim, getting fouled, some distribution but not so much that he's wearing himself down. And and it's important to say he was a pretty good, he wasn't a liability defensively at any point really in his career, but the last couple of years, he's really stopped giving a fuck on that end. And so you can hope that if there's less responsibility on one end, he's playing for a good team. Now he's, you know, the number two, he's the Jamal Murray to Embiid's Jokic, whatever, like that becomes something where he's capable on that end. And, that's the bet you'd be making if if you think, hey, we think Brad Beal can be one of the best number two options in the league where we have a point guard in Maxi who is going to take more responsibility on ball, more creation ability, but not going all the way to, okay, you have to be James Harden now. Brad Beal can help him carry that load and he'll get so many more open threes playing off Embiid and Maxi than he had really since... Uh, he played alongside John Wall, a good John Wall in Washington. So that's the case for it. I th- I think there it's reasonable to be optimistic for that, but the age and the contract uh, are are extremely extremely scary. Sorry. Well, what were the you age. Say? Okay, I'll talk about the age in a second. Speaking of health and age, body bio. <laughs> come on, body bio. Use go to bodybio.com right now. Put Elite in the cart. Put Gut Plus in the cart. Use code FIRECJ, all one word, FIRECJ for 20% off. I love E-Light, keeps me hydrated. I drink it straight now. As Mike from Body Bio says, I mainline it. What E-Light is, it is straight electrolytes. No artificial flavors, no artificial colors, no sugar, no anything. It's just the, the electrolytes, which you need with water to be properly hydrated. It's not just water. So what you're supposed to do is take a little cap of it, put it in your drink in the morning, put it in your drink at night. It got rid of my cramps in my legs. I used to cramp up all the time in my feet and my legs. Now, instead of putting it in the water, I take off the cap, I drink it straight. It's really salty, really salty, but it works. It solved I, my problem. I did do that once. I didn't, I didn't like it. Usually it's I put intense. it in uh, 
yeah. in water. Yeah, it, it is a an acquired taste, I would say. And then Gut Plus, I want to tell you about Gut Plus very quickly. If you're going to take one gut supplement, forget about the probiotic you're taking. What Gut Plus will do, probiotics, your body makes them. Your body makes probiotics. But what Gut Plus does, prebiotic and postbiotic, what it does is it goes in, gets rid of the bad bacteria, allows your body to produce the proper probiotics, the proper bacteria, and then helps get rid of all of those little symptoms you don't like, the bloat, the irregularity, all those sorts of things. It's a good product. It's a really good fucking product. Take a couple of them every day. Safe, healthy. The probiotic you're taking probably doesn't do anything, to be quite honest with you, unless it's matched perfectly for your body, which it's probably not. One pill a day, maybe two. Got plus. Go to bodybio.com. Use code FIRECJ for 20% off. Body bio. Okay, age. He's 29. This contract, he I turned, would... He, do, he turns 30 in two weeks. Okay. Just just to... I would say three of these years are in his prime. Sure, that's fair. You know, I the... So I, I'm not too... It, the real question is, is like, is he on... When a lot of players, by the way... They're prime now. The DeRozan is an example. Um, you know, uh, Butler is an example. There's a lot of uh, Chris Paul is now at, at 38, still remarkably effective. Uh, being a really effective, really good player through your early 30s is not crazy to think. Now you would have to be saying, you would one have to say, look, he's just not worth the price. Two he's hurt too much. And three, I actually believe he's on the downside of his career. Yeah. But uh, look, I don't know. I haven't watched enough and we're going to have, not tonight, but we're going to have Sharp on who watches him a lot. I haven't watched enough to know if he's just like, that has been there too long, doesn't care anymore and needs to go somewhere good. And well, that's we, definitely at least part of it. Yep. He's definitely playing like bullshit basketball for a team. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. We've been would, saying all offseason and for years before that, it's, although it's crystallized this offseason, that Joel Embiid, who is apparently good friends with Bradley Beal. Which uh, seems which weird. Is, which seems a little weird. It's through their friendship with Drew, Drew Hanlon, who we've uh, always loved. Yep. Uh, they both, they're both Hanlon clients. And we've I never like had Drew Hanlon. With, you like we've never, a Drew. We've never had an issue with him. Yeah. Uh, he did block <laughs> me on Twitter. Um, he was getting a lot fine. of hate during the faults thing. And that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if Embiid needs a guy that's going to like, I don't know, fucking rev his engine and get him to psych like Brad Beal's not, he's not hardened, but he's also not yeah. like, he's not Jimmy, you know? I, so if, if he's capable of looking, I wouldn't say this bad, like he's playing like horrendous basketball, but certainly relatively checked out for a team that doesn't matter. Um, how much flip the switch is there to his game that he will actually like, okay, I'm out of the wilderness. I'm going to start taking it seriously. And if the Sixers, really anyone, were to acquire a guy like that at that number for that long, you would have to be confident that he was going to try harder, which well, is but, a, a I, weird thing to ask before you trade for someone. Hey, you're going to try. You're going to be like, you'll give more of a fuck, right? It was a long time ago, for sure. But Brad Beal was a good playoff player. And those that Washington team with Wall, like mm -hmm. they had like some wars there. Like the 20 here, 2015 uh Eastern Conference semis, which they lost, 25 points, 
six rebounds, five assists. Is that the funeral series with the Celtics? Uh, yes. No, that was the one they lost to Atlanta. Funeral series was 2017. Okay. Uh, 24 points, three boards, three assists. Yeah, against Atlanta in 2017, 26 points, four boards, two assists. He shot, he's, he's played 40 minutes a game in the playoffs. You know, like, I don't know. I I don't know what the other options are. The only other thing I would throw at you is that I think it's possible if if they get Beal and they don't, they need a, they, they have to sign a point guard somewhere. There has to be a real point guard somewhere that well, they can I wouldn't play. mind signing a backup point guard, but Maxi would be the point guard and Beal would do some creation. Like that is yeah. a pretty standard, like tailor made. You are going into like 1972 and going like point guard is this tall, shooting guard is this tall. These are their roles. Do it. Um, and Beal has demonstrated an ability to to create and create for others. And uh, but, but Maxi hasn't them. really. Yeah, but it would be like we are we are com- through our powers combined we are yeah. replacing what Harden would give you. I, I don't think that there's a world where you go Maxi Beal and a point guard is like your starting lineup in any way. Well, um, would you do it if it's for Tobias a f- a first and Which like they- a pick a pick swap? Yeah, um, I would certainly consider it. I'm I'm higher on Beal and the possibility that him playing on a better team, um, him having less responsibility than he's had since since the since he left since John Wall left or got hurt and then left, um, I would absolutely consider. I think I think people are a little too low on on how good he was and is capable of being and how nicely he just slots right in to. Embiid takes more distribution responsibility. Beal takes some. Maxi takes some. There's no like if he's trying, no real defensive liability there. Um, he's a tough shot maker. You can give him the ball, get a decent look at everything. Like I think it would make a lot of sense. Like almost too much sense. The contract is scary, um, and you'd you'd worry about what it looks like down the road. But Kyle, so Kyle is reporting. Kyle Newbeck is reporting that sources. You know, speaking on the condition of anonymity. I love speaking on the condition of anonymity. My condition? Anonymity. Uh, at all times. Yeah, I'm going to talk to you. I have one condition, though. Yeah, there's a, it's a kind of a weird condition. You don't know who I am, and I am sort of <laughs> hiding behind a, a, a Catholic pew. Uh, no, not the pew. What's the, uh, the uh, confessional? Um, oh, my, yeah, my, right. my, my face is sort of hidden behind these, this little grate. Um, but Kyle has said they're not pursuing him. And if you think of Daryl as the Wonder kind of like analytical yeah. type guy, the advanced stats have never loved Bradley Beal as a player. Um, his highest career VORP, which is value over replacement player, I know, you're, Spike, you're a big VORP guy, um, is 3.7 in 2018-19. James Harden's was 4.0 last year. Um, and all eight of Harden's career years in Houston were significantly higher than that. His highest there's career no was like nine. Uses VORP. No, it, it, it doesn't. But there's, yeah. it's like there's some there's some guys that you can tell like like Covington is a good like you yeah. know when he was good was like an analytical darling and stuff. And there's guys around the league, especially role players. Um, Beal is a like predominantly shooting heavy. Like that's kind of all he does. Most of what he does stuff. I, there's some creation. There's some rebounding. There's some athleticism. He sometimes tries on the defensive end. He sometimes gets to the line. He's not like crazy efficient, but the hope is 
that you can combine the first five, first, what is it? Five or six years of his career. First half of his career with the second half of his career. Like the good parts of when he was playing off ball and shooting so well and playing off of a better player that commanded a lot of tension. And the second part of his career, which is like he can help create, he can pass, he can run, pick and roll, he can make some stuff happen, he can get to the line. Um, and you find a happy medium of I'm now one of the best number twos in the league. I'm doing what Jamal Murray is doing in Denver, that kind of thing. Um, and and he could be really helpful. But yeah, I mean, the I, I certainly wouldn't trade like everything for him. Like the, the contract is is yeah, but I, my everything is Jaden Springer. Yeah. Uh, the contract really is like it's a lot of money. It's a lot, a lot of money. And you are, you know, the Sixers don't have many more cards to play. And this would really like make them. Like, this is all we got. The cards are out. But the interesting thing is that we haven't brought up. We talked about the trade that he doesn't have a, uh, he has a uh, no, trade, no clause. trade clause. So it really is up to Brad. It really, really, really is up to Brad. I think once this report comes out, you tell me if you disagree, but once this report comes out, he's gone. He's not going to play for the Wizards next season. Um, he's going to be 30 years old. He's, you know, Presumably, he wants to not be on a bad team anymore, and the Wizards don't want to be too good. There's not many teams that are tanking next year, so if the Wizards are positioning themselves to do that, then they would like to not have Bradley Beal you know, winning a couple games here and there. So if Brad wants, decides, I want to go play in between you know, Maxie Beal, you know, PJ Tucker, and Bede, if he wants to be there and says, that's where I want to go, I don't want to go to New York, I do think the Knicks will have an interesting... Then, would would the, be interesting there. The Knicks are the team that I think. I think it's would, totally possible. I, if yeah. he doesn't want to go to Miami and play off of Jimmy or whatever, or, or you know, I think the, the, the Wizards have to do, have some play. I, I would say like percentage wise, Beal is like 70% in charge of where it go, of where he goes. And the Wizards are like 30%. Because if he just says, I'm only going here, make a trade here, which is what, you know. By the Kauai, way, they don't have to do that. Oklahoma City did. Yeah. Um, or Paul George, Oklahoma City did rather. Um, they still got a good haul. They got it all, but like Beal's contract, there's a lot of just factors, yeah, uh, playing into this. But the, he's still a really good player. He still is only he's going to be 30, and uh, he really does fit in very nicely with what the Sixers are trying to do. I, I would love the idea of some of his movement shooting on this team, in addition to his um, on-ball stuff that he's that he's capable of. So, and we can talk about that more once we talk about, you know, Doc's criticisms of Harden in that interview. Yep. Um, but it's really interesting. So I, I would say if you can do it, Tobias and a first, Tobias expiring, especially with the new contract, once the CBA stuff, like Tobias's expiring contract for team is more valuable than it had been considered to be um, previously. So the fact that they can get off of this and not have to worry about like cap numbers and bullshit. Um, would be would be big in the future for some teams, so I would I would probably do Tobias a first and a pick swap is probably as far as I would go. I don't know if that's the best offer, but I think it'll all determine on Beal. And I would make sure I would make sure that I get the forty second pick in the draft back with Bradley Beal because I need it. I've been saying it a lot. Got to get a second round pick. They have no picks in this draft. I need one. Uh, bring it to me. So very shortly, we are going first. Do you want them? Wait. What? Yes. Well, I mean, well, 
Okay, I, I just want to parse it here. I don't know what the other options are. But I am, the, there's been some stuff out there. Kyle was one of the people that said this, that he was like, nah. And Derek was like, nah. And I, I don't know what Six or Adam said. If if this is the play, if this is the only play this is here, yes, yes. He's, I, I would like to know a little bit more. I'd like to watch a little bit more, but I he's good. And- yeah. He's been a bit of a motherfucker before, and mm-hmm. I'm hoping that at his age, he's just not cooked. There are a lot of yeah. players who are not cooked at this age. This is not an age to be cooked. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Sure. The so a couple of weeks ago, a month ago, I I listed those five Tobias trade yeah. possibilities. Um, you hadn't I'll, considered Brad Beal. Hadn't considered Brad Beal because I don't think they had hired the new front yeah. office yet. Um. Did you like which one did you like the most? Was it did you like Jordan Poole the most? Or did no. you like the Buddy Healed one the most? I think it was the Buddy Healed one. And so then there's maybe the Jordan Poole one, the Buddy Heald one, the yeah. Hardaway and Bertans one. Yeah. Which is the probably the most underwhelming of the maybe the This safest. is better than all of those. The De, Tobias Corkmaz and a pick for DeRozan and Lonzo and the Charlotte Rogier and Cody Martin. Which you you would prefer This one. Bradley Belford. Okay. Yeah. Would you? I think he's definitely the best player. Then that's what you have to do. All of all those guys, maybe you can make a case for DeRozan, but I really love Beal's movement shooting and how we can unlock more of that when he's not such the focal point of the offense that he has been for the last five years. Um, and DeRozan obviously is not as much that. And I really do believe in Tyrese Maxey a lot. And... I just think he's going to figure it out as how to be like, okay, I'm, you know, later into my career, I'm capable of being a, a more of a point guard, point guard. Um, and I think Beal is the kind of guy that can give you some of that. And between Beal, Maxi, and Embiid, you can cobble together what, Hard, what Harden gave you. And you're a more dynamic offense because of it, because of how many tough shot makers are there. And Beal can, Beal's a three level scorer. He's still pretty athletic, although not as athletic as he used to be. Um, who is? Who is? Uh, so I, I, the downsides are like very strong, but I think, I think that you got to keep. I mean, it's, I say this to a to a team that has been continuously shooting for the moon every year. There's a new shot at the moon that the Sixers try try to uh, wind up to uh, to go for whether it was, you know, Jimmy and Tobias or Horford and fucking Seth, you know, Josh Richardson and then, you know, fuck every hard and everybody, every iteration of it. Markel, I would add to that, you know, this is another all in type move trading for this contract, but you have Joel Embiid. He's the MVP. You have an improving maxi. Hopefully he gets better. You, you slap a movement shooter that can do some creation in between them. And like that, that makes sense. It's a basketball team. Contractually, it scares me for sure. But it, it's, you're going to have to take some risk if Harden just walks for nothing. And this is the one out of the trades that I listed that gets you the best player. And I think I'm, I think I'm okay with that. You can talk about Bradley Beal all night. We're still going to listen to Doc Rivers talk. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. I'm going to start listing Brad Beal's <laughs> hobbies. <laughs> the right to Ricky Sanchez is brought to you by Mortgage CS. By the way, the, we have the Doc Rivers thing coming up in a second. It's going to be great. But I also, I'm trying to frame how to tell a story I heard. I'm, 
and communicate the feeling I have after the story when I can't really tell the story about James Harden. After I talk about Mortgage CS. Mortgage CS, love Mortgage CS. You hear about interest rates all the time. Oh, interest rates are going up, yada, yada, yada. You, you're going to buy a house. There's not a lot of houses on the market. You need a true mortgage partner. You need someone by your side, even when you don't want them there. That is Mortgage CS. Mortgage CS is a mortgage broker. So that means they don't give you the money. They find the money for you. So you go to Mortgage CS, who is independent, who is local, and they go to all the different banks. And first of all, they explain to you the entire process, why the rate is not always the rate, which place is going to be best for you. They're going to find you the best rate. They do the work, you get the mortgage, and their only obligation is to you. A lot of these big mortgage brokers, they have deals with banks, and sometimes their motivations might not be to you, might be to that bank. They may have an extra motivation to send you somewhere, not Mortgage CS. They're there for you anytime, even right now. Call or text Ben, the CEO. I'm going to give you the CEO's phone number right now. Ask him about Bradley Beal, if he wants Bradley Beal. 267-391-7425. Think I'm bullshitting? He will answer you. If you're watching on YouTube right now, 267-391-7425. And be right there for you at all times, Mortgage CS. And at all times is important. If you ever bought a house, you could need a pre-qualification letter at you know, Saturday night, eight o'clock. They're there for you. Go to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky to schedule a consultation, which is a pretty awesome little microsite they built for us, or call or text their CEO, Ben, 267-391-7425. Everyone, every Ricky listener who's gone to Mortgage CS has come to us and said, wow, they were everything that you promised. This advertisement is not a commitment to lend or extend credit. Mortgage CS is an equal housing opportunity mortgage broker. All loans are subject to credit approval. Certain restrictions may apply. Company NMLS 1464766. Visit mortgagecs.com slash Ricky for more information. All right. Also, let me just, oh boy. under no circumstances would I trade Tyrese Maxey in a Brad Beal trade. Oh, yeah, just yeah, to, yeah, you can Just to make you that can. clear. Yeah. So before we get to this doc stuff, I would like to... And I feel like I've planted my flag pretty firmly here. Under no circumstances can they bring back James Harden. Under no circumstances can they bring back James Harden. They cannot. I was communicated a story from a source that I trust. Mike, CJ, I will tell you the story off the pod. All I can tell you is that players before game seven who were very familiar with James Harden were able to see that he was going to have a game like that and were concerned. Like other players on the team knew that he was basically out that game. Seven. Seven. I can't have a person like that on my team. I saw what I saw in game seven, which looked exactly like game six against Miami. He either the didn't want to be there, couldn't perform when it was important like that, or wanted to lose. I think we are underselling how atrocious he was in six and seven against Boston and six against Miami. Wanted to Actually, lose is tough. I can't, I can't get behind wanted to lose. He didn't want to play for Doc. 
he didn't want to be there anymore. Like, I, I'm not saying he tried to lose, but I'm saying he, <laughs> they, they can't have him back. Cannot have him back. Can't have him back. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so I want to lead this off. So Doc Rivers was on the Bill Simmons podcast and we'll get to him on coaching Harden where he didn't pull punches. I thought there were some things that, that Doc was basically saying in this podcast, things that we had said that it seemed right. But I want to lead off with a a little thing about how he fixed the Sixers culture. With the Sixers culture, that I think is a fair criticism. What's that? I didn't, I read Kyle Newbeck's article in the Philly voice where he went out, rounded up this up. So I did, I have not listened to this before and hearing the auspices say them is going to be tough for me. Yeah, I know. But I read the article that this Kyle is, happily did for me personally, so I wouldn't have to do this. This is But you are making me do it. This is a for the listener, this is a watch. This is a watch. This is one of the things that I feel like you got to watch whether you're on Spotify, YouTube, whatever. I shouldn't with the Sixers culture that I think is a fair criticism dating back to the process. There's a couple of years oh, where it's like we just got interesting. We're thinking outside the box. We're just throwing assets together. It's not about winning. The winning will come later. Are there scars from that? If you approach yeah, a franchise oh. like that for four years, could you feel the scars coaching the team? Yeah, yeah. I mean, ah. it all through the organization, and uh, you know, Elton uh, when he brought me in, that's that's what he told me. Like, hey, this is not just about coaching this team we're bringing you in here to change the culture. Uh, and he meant everywhere. And um, he allowed me to come in and we looked through the whole organization. I'm talking about trainers, equipment managers, everybody. And, you know, Bill, I think you've been around me enough. If, if you're not on board, if you're not trying to win, if that's not what you're breathing every day, uh, for me, it's time to go. And I meant that with everybody in the organization. And overall, you know, I, I thought we were starting to get it done. You could see you know, the change in the culture. And so I think uh, the growth of that is there. Uh, I think they still have some growth in that department as well. Uh, Very uh, uh, media alert is the word I'm I'm using. And sometimes you can't worry about that. You just got to do your job. You got to worry about the basketball part Mm -hmm. of it and not the reaction to what everything happens. Uh, But their culture has definitely gotten better. you know, I had a big part in that. Mm. Uh, and now the growth from there, uh, it still has to get better. And if that happens, uh, then they have a chance. If it doesn't happen, Bill, it's not, they're not going to win. Like it has to keep growing. Well, the good thing is that doc saved them after several 50, uh, 50 win seasons and getting to the exact same place in the playoffs that he got. The culture has now been saved from one doc rivers. This Mike, is your so, thoughts. This is so yeah, I mean, the culture thing and the doc taking credit for it thing and the fact that they got truly exactly to the same it's fucking same place, place. Yeah. that they had been in the previous couple years. Same place. Same one. Same place. Brett, <laughs> same one. Yeah. Same place. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I accept that. Oh. I know that doc was going to do that and that's Okay. But Bill asking him, asking Doc, who came in four years after the process or the Sam Hinkie 
or, or the losing, whatever, ended mm-hmm. because the NBA forced him out and saying, yeah, there were scars from then. Like, do- there's like three people in the fucking organization that <laughs> are still there. It's, it's like Embiid and like two hot dog guys. Like, it's just, it's nobody. And the owners, blame the fucking owners. I don't care. It's insane to say, and people continue doing it. There is absolutely no validity to the idea that the two years that Embiid missed because his body was broke have, when the Sixers were bad, with players that haven't been here in so long, by the way, Embiid has basically never been on a lo- losing team. The only losing team he was on was that first year, and he only played 30 games, and I think they were like 500 in those 30 games. Yes, and those first two seasons, he was like, if you were like, oh, he was around them, or he was on the bench and learned about losing from them, like, Sam Hickey fucking sent him to Cutter. Like, he was gone. Like, it was, he wasn't around for it. He doesn't know those guys. If you showed him like, hey, here's a here's BJ Mullins. Identify this man. He wouldn't be able to because he fucking didn't interact with him. And the idea that there's scars from the organization at large or Joel specifically is so fucking laughable. And anyone making this argument still in 2023 is should be be have their vocal cords removed and their license revoked. It is insane to me. It is absolutely insane to me. The lowest common denominator, first thought bullshit that goes into everybody just patting themselves on the back and agreeing with the idea that a team from 2014 has any impact on today. I can, I simply Cannot believe it. As if Joel Embiid is the only player in the world who had to play for some, not even play, one season that he mostly he was hurt for, be around a team that was losing, and then is, has not broken through. There's so many players in the NBA who are very good, who you don't go back and say like, man, Chris Paul's rookie year, is that why he hasn't won a championship? Is it? I got a fucking basketball ball on my head and I'm asking you fucking idiots. If Chris Paul's rookie year when they were whatever fucking record they were is why he's not winning a championship today. The fact that it was literally for Joel Embiid two seasons where he was hurt and that that is the reason that is the issue. And that here comes doc rivers four fucking years later. And he's changing the culture. I am already so mad and we've barely started the interview. Kyle did not write about this in his article, so I wasn't expecting it. (laughs) See, you said Kyle did all the work. He didn't really. I didn't need to see this. This was unnecessary. This is not of value to anyone. I mean, Kevin Durant's first year, they probably won, what, 22 games? And that's why. Or the Sonics? Ever think about that? Yeah. I'm going to... Oh. All right. Oh, my God. Well, the good thing is he also talked about DeAndre Jordan. I thought they did a phenomenal job of adding just the right veterans 
to their basketball team. Denver? Jeff Green, even yeah. DJ. I'm so happy for him. You know, I'll tell you a quick DeAndre Jordan story. The first time I met him when I took the job, we met at Nobu, right? And I told him, I, I had a sheet of paper, and I said, this is what you can achieve if you decide to put your mind to it. Forget about offense. What'd you right? write? Forget about it. I, and I told him, work on your game every day. And I guess you wrote work on your game every day on the sheet of paper <laughs> at Nobu. I said, you'll get it from the glass from running. Anyway, yeah. I said, all defensive team, Olympic team, all NBA team. And then the last one, all-star team. And then the last one was NBA championship. Well, about a week ago, DJ had taken a picture of that and, and sent it to me. And he was like, I got one check left. And now, so for oh, me, that's awesome. Him, it's just, it's just really cool stuff, man. Like, that's the part that people don't, with coaches, it's just awesome when you have a player that bought into what you were selling them, uh, and then he gets to achieve it. It's, it's cool stuff. It really is. There was a fourth thing on the list that said dead statue on the Sixers oh for God. one year. Cross that one off, too. Doc is, LeBron gets so much, a lot of the time, deservedly, for how much he uh, lies. And it's a, just yeah. Doc... It's got to be Doc so much more. It's got to be so much more lying all the time. I, I really have nothing. I don't know that I have anything against DeAndre Jordan as a human no. being. People say he's a good no. teammate, whatever. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they he was like so him. bad with the Sixers. He was so, 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 so bad. And Doc continued to play him over and over again until assistants or the front office or fucking Franklin the dog had to physically restrain him from playing him and play b-ball Paul in the playoffs, who was so much better and would have been even better than that. Had he had been allowed to play in the regular season and he's taking credit for Deandre Jordan who just fucking, it's not look at Deandre Jordan in college. It's not like he was taking threes and step backs and fucking running hook shots. He did the same shit. Screen and roll, catch lobs, block shots. Doc, you don't get credit for everything that everybody does all the time. DraftKings Sportsbook is the presenting sponsor of the Ricky. I was looking at the futures for next year. Nuggets are the favorite at plus 450. Celtics plus 550. The Lakers at plus 1,200. Sixers sitting there at plus 1,300 for next season at DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, basketball season's over, but baseball going now, and you could be winning every inning with the hottest offers in the game, DraftKings Sportsbook. If you're a new customer, use code RTRS. That's just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. And stepped up, same game parlays. Here's what you do. Open the app. Go... uh, Wait, how do you do same game? Par- oh, stepped up same game parlays, right. You uh, open the app, opt in to the stepped up same game parlay, place your parlay. You have to do three or more bets from the same game. And then every additional leg you boost up to 100% the stepped up same game parlay at DraftKings Sportsbook. Step up to the plate now with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app and use code RTRS. New customers can bet just $5 to score 150 bucks in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code RTRS. Got to be 21 or only or older. See show notes for details. All right. One now, quick one quick thing just to break yeah. it up because I gotta yeah. I gotta fucking take a breath or something. Yeah. My my cousin Darcy yep. was just on a flight with Tobias Harris and his wife from Wow. Where were uh, they going? From from Milan back to New York. DC. Oh. 
From Tbilisi. My my cousin has uh, handcuffed Tobias and is dragging him to DC right now. Uh, I told her to talk to him. I sent her a picture of him on the podcast, uh, smiling. Um, but she said he didn't, but she did say he was wearing uh, regular Apple headphones. Oh, wired ones. Yeah. Andrew Sharp is a wired devotee. Will not yeah. wear. I mean, we're wearing them now for this, but uh, yeah. On the on a plane, I found I find that interesting. So mm. good. That's a good boots on the ground update from uh, from my cousin. Okay, so here are the I think the more more prescient things. So here was Doc on coaching James Harden. Did you like coaching him? Was it okay? Like, how would you rate the experience? It was challenging uh, more because we were fighting two things and not like visually fighting is that James is so good at playing one way, the way that I believe you have to play to win in some ways is different because it's a lot of giving up the ball, moving the ball, coming back to the ball. Uh, I would have loved to have him younger when that was easier for him because giving up the ball and getting back the ball is hard. Like it's physical, it's exhausting. So it'd been interesting if I had him younger. Uh, where he could have done that more coming off of dribble handoffs, going down the hill. You know, he didn't finish as well as he finished um, because he's older and, th- and that that happens. So, yeah, at times to get him to move it and play the way I needed him to play. I thought the first half of the year, you know, we, I thought we were the best team in, in the game. I thought James was playing perfect basketball. Like I he agree was with the, you. He was a point guard of the team. He was still scoring but he was doing more playmaking and scoring. And then the second half, he started scoring more, trying to score more. And I thought we got stagnant at times. So I thought we changed. Yeah. So the, the last part is obviously a lie. Like unless he's Kyle made this point also, but the first half of the season, the second half of the season, he, he wasn't trying to, there's never a time when Harden was trying to score more aside from in the playoffs when Embiid wasn't there. So that is just categorically incorrect. And Harden played a great regular season. Um, and did do what exactly what we know he did and talked about all season long. Ran great pick and roll with Embiid. Got the ball to a lot of shooters open. Couldn't get by people. Couldn't finish. Like that's what we're saying all the time. So I have no I have no issue with. I I think it's a little strange that Doc is. This is like like that. This is like a version of trashing him. Like this yeah. is oh, pretty sure. close to it. Yeah. And there were reports. Maybe Doc is upset at the reports um, after the season that Harden didn't want to play for him anymore. Um, and this is him getting back at him. I don't know what the mentality is there, but yeah, Harden hasn't moved off the ball in many many years at all. I um, thought I wish I had him when he was younger. Was like <laughs> younger is interesting. How young? Because like. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't do that in Houston. It's got to be like Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City, yeah. Um, uh, and it's just funny. Like, I wish I would have had. Like, he's so Doc has such a such a confidence in himself as a coach that like he could do anything. I could get anybody to do anything. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he's not, but he's not wrong about Harden. We were talking about it all season long, yeah. all before before they got him. Like, yeah. he just doesn't move off ball. He did take more catch and shoot threes this year, which is which was I think helpful. Um, but a guy that doesn't move off ball a lot. And that's why Beal appeals to me as much as he does, because he can do some small, smallish, medium percentage of the hardened stuff on ball, but a lot more off ball um, and giving more responsibility to Maxi and Embiid and stuff. So 
So here's Doc on how Joel Embiid can improve. And I thought this was pretty honest too. What has to happen for Joel, in your opinion, for him to get to the point that Jokic got to tonight? What's missing? Number one, he has to be healthy in the playoffs, you know, and, and this was the healthiest, but he still wasn't hundred percent. Then number two for, for Joe, then the second thing is Joe and he has the ability bill. Um, now I say it on him daily. He has the ability to make his teammates better. And when he does that, if you look at our games this year, when, when he did that and dominated hard, hard to go away from Joel and B. Uh, it really is. He's just got to do that on a consistent basis, not just on the court, but also off the court. Just just be around your guys and spend time with your guys and, and let them know that you love them because they loved you. You know, it's not the first time we've heard about Embiid not really hanging out with people outside of the uh, the game. And no one says they have to be best friends, but they do spend a lot of time together. A, a, a pro sports team does. And when you're the best player on the team, I don't know. I, I do think it is important, you know, that they make the, you know, the, the health thing. And he spoke longer about the health thing, which I, I cut out of there, but I think we all agree, but the, the leadership thing, which I think he's getting at there with the, making the teammates better, both on the court and off, I think is important. I just don't know if it's in him. Yeah. I mean, I think that over the last couple of years you have heard since Ben left, really, you've heard him that it, that has happened. What and has maybe, to happen? And maybe Sorry. it's not like improved to the point that, I don't know if Jokic is hosting fucking like dinner parties and shit. Like, well, he certainly makes his teammates better on the court. Yeah, but that's yeah, yeah that's because of yeah. his skill set and stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I of course I've been pitching a wine trip to Napa. Doc tried to do it with the South Carolina training camp thing. Um, Ended up just playing golf. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck! You guys are coming too. Um, oh shit! It is training camp. God. Oh damn. That I overbooked, timing, I guess. Okay, yeah. uh, training camp's here now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I'd be, I'd be, I want that. I think Maxie was saying like you could tell the difference that Joel has taken from a leadership standpoint year to year, whatever. Mm. People say nice things, but uh, yeah, I would, I would like it if if Joel did that. But it's sort of, I don't know, sort of. It's not like Kawhi is doing that. Like, I, I think yeah. people overrate that stuff. I think if if. I, I I like it and care about it and want it to happen. There's no reason for it to not happen. But I would say, hey, why hasn't Joel Embiid been successful? Oh, it's because like he doesn't like host his teammates for like parties or like go on like a spa vacation with them. Like that, I, there's I, that's I, like I think reason number like ninety three. No, of, like, but why I, it hasn't worked. I think it's about more than that, though. I like that. I don't know. I yeah, yes, Kawhi isn't doing it, but it's not like. Kawhi has had a bunch of disconnected teams over the last several years too, you know? And he walked into a team that was very connected, by the way. Like that Raptors team had played together for a while. So I don't know. I I, I don't know. I thought it was interesting that he said it. The I last, certainly don't think it can hurt, but I do think yeah. it's a little bit part of a narrative that is easy to say. It's easy. To, it's easier to talk about that than it is to talk about like specific basketball reasons. Um, And also, you might not, be aware of this. Let's dock off the hook <laughs> once again. Well, I don't think it's docked. MB didn't kiss any of his teammates on the mouth, and I was telling him that he had to do it. 
I was telling him he should. Saying, let's go golfing, all of right. us. He is right about on court, though. He is right about on court. Oh, yeah. On, on, that's yeah. a different situation to yeah. me. On, on court, like, there is a times when Embiid, like, very clearly is upset at his teammates or, like, maybe th- if there is, like, a togetherness factor on court that um, gets you to, like, you know, gut shit out. And in the Tatum run in Game 7, in the third quarter of Game 7, like... Had they had, you know, the team wide fortitude to like stop that run, then things would have been better. But I don't know that that's solved by like Embiid hosting poker nights once a week. I think you you dumb it down in a way that I don't think Doc was dumbing it down, though, not to defend Doc. What do you think he means? Well, I just think it's about more than I, I think sometimes when you're on the flight and everybody's playing cards and you're in the back watching a movie on your iPad. Like, I, I just think those, I, I don't think they change everything, but, but like, I think it's all, it, it's nice if it happens. Yeah. I, and, I agree that it's nice if it happens. Absolutely. And would I like it to happen? Absolutely. I've been saying wine trip to Napa for many years on this podcast. So I absolutely believe in there being some value to it. I just think it is well behind other stuff. And for doc to say, Oh, He's got to be healthy on and off. He said yeah. on and off court. In fact, yeah, yeah. But also, yeah. I'm saying he always oh, just got to be. He's got to be healthy first of all. Yeah. Yes, but also in this interview, and I'm, I'm not sure if you're skipping around at what Kyle brought up is Doc was like, yeah, I told him to. He's got to play every game, Joe. You're healthy enough to play. Like, and I don't believe that that happened. But he's also saying like you got to play more regular season games, Joe. Um, and it's like, hey, bud, that's contributing to the not being healthy in the playoffs if you play him too much in the regular season and that kind of thing. So. You know, the benefit of Doc not being a coach anymore, a head coach, although he should, you know, disappear into the wilderness for way, several more months. He didn't get a job as of like a week ago. So like, why are you doing this podcast now? But like, he doesn't have, he's even less responsibility. He will be held even to less account now that he doesn't have a job. So that's good for him. And he can just say whatever the fuck he wants. Um, Bill asked him about the perfect player to pair with Embiid and Maxi. So, all right, let's say you have Embiid, you have Maxi. Who's the perfect third guy? If you like, if, if you were just, if it was a fantasy league, you don't have to say the exact player, but. Well, you're saying who, that you don't have James. Let's, like, let's take James out of it and you're okay. replacing James with a different type of player because Embiid's had all these different teammates, right? And really, Jimmy, I thought, was the one that probably clicked with them the best. Embiid was bad in that Toronto series, but Jimmy yeah. was that type. Is it that type of guy you would want with Embiid? Yeah, you, you would want a guy, and I think James did a little bit of that. Like James would speak up, and and so you need that. You need you need another alpha in the room. So if Joe is not doing something, to call Joe on Joe. You got to do this, and Joe will listen to that. You know, he, what he about really offensively does. though? Like, I, like what what is the uh, offensive I would, fit? If I could pick the perfect guy without a name, it would be a big point guard who could score because. And the reason is we need a playmaker other than Joel. And then Maxie right now is more of a scorer. You know, yeah. he's a downhill scorer with speed. Maybe the, the the dude brings joy to every coach in the room. Every like you would love Tyrese Max. Just yeah. Every day being Tyrese Maxie. But when we can free him up to just go score and be a you know, you can make a case like a Ginobili, who at times was their point. You know, with his passing, 
gave them toughness, was an attacker, was great off the ball, but that allowed Tony Parker to just go and be free. Like someone in that category would be the perfect fit. How tall is Tyrese Halliburton? Uh, six, six, four, six, five. Mm. Okay. He does sort of hint at Maxi being six man type, by the way, which well, I think that's, is, that's the thing. That's the thing with doc that has always, obviously almost everything about doc pissed me off. Yeah. But he just talks about basketball the way that he talks about basketball makes it seem like he is only casually interested in basketball. He is having like he's coached for so long. He was in the NBA. Ostensibly, he's a very smart. He has to be very smart basketball mind. But the way he talks about it is just dumb narrative bullshit that he got off of TV. No. What, what, what did he say there? That was he needs a there? guy that can just tell him what to do and get in there. And we just need like a big point guard that can score. So Maxi can just go be free. Like he's not saying any specifics in any way of like that. You would think a guy that has spent the last, well, his whole life really, but like 40 years professionally in basketball would be able to say. And so I, I, what I don't know is, is he doing that because like, okay, I'm talking to normals like Bill Simmons and the listeners of that podcast, whatever, or because like, that's the way he talks to the team also. Like I, it just, everything is just, I don't think that doc has learned a new thing since like 2006. And it's just like, he's just saying regurgitating like the same things that he's always said. And he doesn't have any like more original thoughts. Like he's out, like he's all out of them. And I just Bill. I don't disagree that Ginobili is like an int- an interesting kind of player that you can put in there. I think him and Beal are not the same kind of player, but if you sorta like it overall, if you if you squint, it's like that kind oh, of a player, which is I got the sense but, that he was comparing Maxi to Ginobili. Oh, I thought he was saying I might be no, he was saying so Tony Parker can just go be free, and he was talking uh, about Max. He just goes need to be free. I'm, I'm pretty okay. sure he was saying it as like a Ginobili would would fit in there nicely. Anyway, I I don't disagree with that as being interesting, but it's just like the way he talks about it is just so. I don't know. You would think that someone that spends that much time talking about basketball would have like more interesting things to say than, you know, Wally Zerbiak. Although also has been in the league for that long. It's just, I don't know. I, the way that people talk about basketball, even if they've been around it, are, is not as, never as smart as I think it should be. Because they should be way smarter than people that haven't played that much basketball, haven't coached that much basketball. And he's coached every fucking year of his adult life because he can't stop. And he was forced to stop by the league telling him, nobody wants you right now. Please go away. And he signs up for Bill Simmons' podcast days later. Um... I just, I want him, I've always wanted him to have like a more thoughtful answer, basketball answer, not just like this guy's the alpha and that guy's got to be the alpha and this guy's beta and that guy's got to learn to be better in love with his teammates. And but, it's just isn't, like, but isn't he saying the same thing we did about Embiid needing somebody who is. Yeah, but we're not. I didn't work in the NBA for 40 years. Yeah, but maybe I'm not a coach. I'm not as smart. I'm not as smart. He should be smarter than me is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, but and I'm, and I'm hearing like just the normal shit that like national fucking 
TV or whatever guys say. Don't you and think like, though that sometimes be it's just that. that simple? Maybe or no? No. no. Hmm. I don't think it should be. And I think that's why having a coach like Nick Nurse is not the only kind of guy, but it's like having someone that is more willing to take an edge and get the Sixers some better. Well, that I don't disagree with. So like finding a smarter way to do it. Like Teron Lou, same thing. Like there's stuff that they're trying and, and Doc is just like, go be alpha. Well, but I, the only, I hate that I'm defending Doc. The only thing I would say is that what he's saying to Bill, as as you insinuated, yeah. this doesn't necessarily mean that's how he operates. I I agree, but you would often. think once in a while, more often, some actual insightful basketball analysis would sneak in there, sometimes, and I it almost never does. Maybe he's just well trained to just like say vague lowest common denominator stuff to the press, but you would expect once in a while he would have like an interesting thought, and he just never does. So before we go, I mean, we're going to have to push the, the assistant coach stuff to the next pod. I, mean, mm, have, I got interesting so, stuff to say. Well, we'll next pod we'll get. Long I, off season. There's only two things I wanted to bring up because I didn't want to miss this hard to stomach YouTube comment on the week because it made me laugh out loud. Came from St. Christian Aldrin. Young Rock has been canceled. So sad for Mike. Hope the marriage is working out well. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting to I'm trying those to read two the, together. the tone of it is it just like well you know it sucks about the show well I hope the marriage is working out well or is he insinuating because of the show now it's over <laughs> yeah. no marriage is good way better than the show uh, being cancelled <laughs> for sure uh, yeah Alyssa's team by the way last night improved to 8-1 and one. Well, your team my team yeah. my, my team that I coach Alyssa um, and her team, um, there was a former, so the point guards fiance, mm -hmm. uh, video games, the videotapes, the, the game on her phone. Okay. I don't want to say videotape, like I'm fucking 1986. <laughs> um, and she's like, the guy sitting in front of me plays professional basketball and she doesn't know anything about it. I'm like, send me the tape. And so I'm looking at this guy. I recognize him. I can't quite place him. I send it to, I was like, there's this guy played college basketball. I don't think he played in the NBA, but he played like high level college basketball. And I remember him, but I don't, I can't place the, the name. I send it to who else, but young Jake Pavorsky. Okay. I was like, this guy had to play in TBT or something. I said, Jake, who is this guy? And he said, within seconds, he said, Trent Lockett, who played three years at Arizona state, and then played, then transferred to Marquette, where he played with uh, Process Sixer and Team WAP member Vander Blue. Oh my God! Um, Jake got it right away. I, I love and appreciate him. So uh, Trent Lockett scouting me as a coach or Alyssa as a player uh, seemed to be pretty impressed. We are eight and one. We're in sole possession of first place. One more game left, um, and then playoffs. And so, because if you remember the 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 four on five story, Spike. Yes. Um, we had to play we won the final four and then had to play the championship right after. If we get the one seed, which looks like we will, we will play the seven o'clock game and then have a break. And then the other team who wins that game will then have the 
the back-to-back games. So we'll have ah. a nice little break off and they'll have to... How many more games until you just figure out what seed you have? Uh, one game and we're playing the okay. worst team in the league. So it's odds are odds are we're the one seed, which is good. So playoffs in, in two weeks from yesterday. And the last thing I want to play, uh, CJ, if you could bring up the Locked On Nuggets thing. So Locked On Nuggets is hosted by Matt Moore. Um and Adam Morris, uh, Adam of DNVR, who I enjoy, like Adam. Matt seems like a good guy. A lot of time on Twitter. A lot so of time he, on Twitter. A lot of time on Twitter. Yeah. Here was the, the clip from Locked On Nuggets. Congratulations to the Nuggets, their fans, Adam, uh, all those people. So go ahead. I've never been, I'll never be this right you know, again. Because I'll you, never be this right again. Now. I mean, the, the, what, one way to say it is you could say that we were right, y'all. We were right. Even when things went wrong. That's right. We were right. That's right. We were right, y'all. Try to tell you. We were right. Try to tell you. Even when things went wrong, <laughs> mm-hmm. we were right. Uh, I've never been, I'll never. So there you go. Matt Moore. Matt Moore. If you win uh, championship, you get to talk shit. Well, um, can I, let me just pause it here though, that Matt, if you want to be a Nuggets fan, that's fine. We yeah. there's there's room on the internet for biased fans like us. We are biased fans. Sure. But when you are a big fan of the Nuggets and you are super happy with it when they win, then you go on the internet and you pretend you're the basketball. I'm just asking questions, ombudsman. That does not work. Those two things don't fly together. So if you want to be a Nuggets fan now that they won and you want to out yourself as a pure Nuggets fan, that is fine. I'm glad you listened to the pod, but you can't be both. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. Like, it's cool that the Nuggets won. I love that they won their first title. I think that that rules. Um, Jokic is incredible. Uh, They have a, a team of guys that I really love. I love Bruce Brown. I've loved him for so long. Happy for Jeff Green. Jamal Murray became gotten so much better over the last few years. Christian Brown contributing, you know, Ish Smith process Sixer Ish Smith. I guess that didn't. I guess all the losing with the Sixers didn't prevent Ish Smith from becoming an NBA champion. Did it, Bill or Doc? Um, happy that. Teams. I obviously like a lot of guys on Miami, but happy generally that Heat culture didn't win a championship. Five of eighteen tough. for Jimmy Butler in the closeout game. Five of eighteen, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't, look, I don't know how I would react if the Sixers won a championship and I uh, likely never will because we're destined to fail over and over again in uh, creatively painful ways. But it is kind of bizarre to me that people that are, are Jokic fans, and I, again, think he's incredible and obviously has raised his game to another she level in the Mike? playoffs. Is this me? What's up? this? You're freezing a lot on my end. I don't know if it's me or if it's... Uh, it's no. just me? Just me. All right, Mike, Mike, just talk. Sorry, buddy. Okay. That was me. But if... I, I don't I don't understand why, like, very pro-Jokic fans would go, like... And it was bullshit that Jokic didn't win regular season MVP. And it's like, dude, he's won, he won two MVPs in a row? And by the way, he lost in the first round after he won the second MVP. Like, And, what are we, and then it's, what are we and doing it's a regular here? season award? Yeah. And you already got the MVPs and then you won a championship and he's the finals MVP. And that's obviously so much more important. 
than winning a third straight MVP or Embiid winning his first? Like people that are going after like, hi, and we were right about the regular season award that happened like a month or two ago. I find to be pretty bizarre. Um, but again, I don't know what it's like to win a championship and maybe I would just be doing weird rep- retribution oh. left and right Mike about random stuff like that. I don't, I don't know, but if, if Sixers won the championship, there is no, there would be no worse. Listen than this podcast. <laughs> Like the, the amount of things that we would say that we were right about in, in history, the long list of things that we would come collecting on would be, would it would be a very long list. You, you literally said the words, if the Sixers won the championship and my computer just shut down, <laughs> I swear to God on that. If the Sixers won a championship, black, <laughs> wow. gone, totally restarted. I touched nothing and it just went away. So I think I that says that says what, it all there. What I said was, if if the Sixers won, that you were like, maybe we'd be insufferable if the Sixers won. Oh no, 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 no. We'd we'd be insufferable. I'm not saying that. Yeah, that, but it's weird to go there. back and forth and go like, hey, the no, the thing that happened before when he's already won two of those, and then this is a different thing that I'm going to go back to like tell them like, you get I don't know, Jokic is right now the best player in the league and deserves to be like he yeah, won a championship. He's in the league. He's fucking I, incredible. I would say though, done hearing about it. Done, done, make him pretend that I think it's funny that he doesn't want to stick around for the parade. Done. Yeah. Uh, I find not caring to be bizarre. I find find it very Gen X in a strange way. I don't understand it. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, but it seems very yeah. like nothing yeah. matters. Who fucking yeah. cares? I don't know. What's the deal? Like we should, I don't know. You're training, you're training it was your like, whole life for this thing. Like you spend a lot of your time doing it. You should probably care some. It was very Jimmy Butler. Jimmy was like, you know, if I made Both the Hall of Fame. Very yeah. odd. But yeah. at least, yeah. They're, and they both play like they care, obviously, but I don't know why the obsession is. Be like, I'm even fucking. Let me get this cigarette out during this interview and tell you how little I care. Well, Mike, what you didn't know is when the when your when your computer went out, someone in the chat said that Mike said that CJ should get a raise, and I gave CJ a fifty dollar per month raise because somebody in the chat asked. There you go. There you go. Congratulations, CJ, on your raise. CJ right now here. making fifty one dollars a month. <laughs> <laughs> pretty big pretty big uh, all right uh well so sharp is gonna come on and talk about beal this weekend all saturday right. morning so get a little sharp it's been a while off seasons here so we'll uh we'll have sharp on of sharp tech sharp china greatest of all talk lots of sharp stuff so we'll talk to you this weekend are you down with ttp yeah oh oh you know like face <laughs>